It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it through a weekend. Welcome in. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. Really weird. No football. I know I could have watched the XFL. I'm not going to watch the XFL. But I did see an interesting finish to a game yesterday because the team was down, I'm going to say, 15-3. to They scored, went for a four-point conversion. Now, why is that different? Because you go at the 10-yard line instead of the three. Got the four-point conversion, and then you have an opportunity, instead of an onside kick, you can take a fourth and 20 play from your own 25-yard line. They converted it, went down, scored the winning touchdown. So I guess it can be exciting at the end of games, but I'm not ready mentally or emotionally to watch the XFL. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450. To join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well. 502-414-1450. Right now, get your free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit or steak and egg burrito or bacon, egg, and cheese croissant along with any fountain drink, tea, fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottle of soda. When you become a new Thornton's Refreshing Rewards member, simply download the app, register for Refreshing Rewards, and earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. Hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. New AP poll will be out shortly. As soon as uh, I get it, I will pass it along to you. I don't know if you want to be number one. More number one teams have now lost this season after Alabama lost to Tennessee on Wednesday than ever before in the history of the AP poll. and It's a tie right now. It's a tie. One more number one team loses, and I think it'll be Houston today. If Houston would lose before the regular season ends, it would be a record, a new record. And that just tells you it's wide open. I have no idea who's going to cut down the nets in early April. Now, CBS had their first reveal, bracket reveal show. Indiana was a four seed. Uh, They revealed the top four seeds in each region, top 16 overall seeds. Alabama was the number one overall seed. Houston was a one. Purdue was a one. I can't remember who the fourth one was. I wasn't watching at the time. It was either Tennessee or UCLA. Somebody can text the text machine and tell me who the other four, uh, other number one seed was behind, besides Alabama, Houston, and Purdue. But, you know, it doesn't tell you much. It tells you kind of which conferences the committee loves right now. They love the Big 12. They love the Big 10. They, uh, you know, maybe the Big East not getting the respect I think it deserves. They're down on the ACC. The Pac-12 is really the Pac-2 right now with UCLA and Arizona. I don't know who else gets in out of the Pac-12. And the SEC, uh, they'll get five or six in, I'm assuming. The top seed, Alabama, Tennessee, will be a, a one of the top seeds. But after that, who knows? Texas A&M is in second place in the conference. But we don't talk about Texas A&M. But the new AP poll comes out shortly, any minute now, as a matter of fact. 
And as soon as it does, we'll talk about that. The six-pack was 4-2 and two this weekend. That's two positive weekends in a row. Yeah, two in a row. Arizona hurt me. They only won by 10. And Texas, 10.5-point favorite, only won by two in overtime. But everybody else, it was a blowout. I said, look, I'm giving a bunch of points this week. It worked out. Alabama, were they angry? Yes, they took it out on Georgia, 108-59. to UCLA playing a bad California team, 78-43. to uh, Xavier over to Paul, 82-68. to It's only a half a point cover, but you know what? That's a cover. And Providence over Villanova by double figures. Providence, surprisingly to me, was only about a four-and-a-half point favorite in that game. So the six-pack was good. Speaking of California, if you're a Louisville fan, this is the quest now. Great win Saturday. Got Duke tonight. The quest is, can we catch California in the net rankings? I know that sounds ridiculously silly, but you have to have goals when you're 4-23. and 23. You have to have goals when you're 4-23. and 23. Louisville took a big surge in the net rankings with that win over Clemson on Saturday night. Great crowd, fantastic atmosphere. They honored the 2013 team. Uh, That team talked to this current Louisville team before the game, after the game, celebration in the locker room with uh, the championship team and this team. Um, I've said it the last couple of weeks, this Louisville team is starting to play better basketball. J.J. Trainer was great. L. Ellis is still L. Ellis. Other guys helping out here and there, Mike James, for example, uh, Withers. But they still don't play defense. And I will I will caution Louisville fan again here in a second. Louisville is 308 now in the net rankings. They were in the 320s before the win over Clemson. They're 308. California, the Golden Bears, who are 3-24 on the season, are 301 in the net rankings. The cards are six spots behind the Golden Bears in the battle to not be the worst power conference school in the NCAA. Now, they're not catching anybody else. It's a two-horse race here. It's a two-horse race. I'm still looking for the nearest school to those two. And I in Bellerman's 261, for example. Oh my gosh. Still looking for a power conference school. Still looking. Still looking. There's nothing better than scrolling. There they are. South Carolina, who by the way, won this week at LSU. South Carolina, who lost, who beat Kentucky, by the way, is 242. Minnesota is 241. So it's a two-horse race. 301 California, 307, or 308, excuse me, Louisville. Cards win tonight at Duke. They're going to pass Cal. They're going to pass California. But the cautionary tale is this. Remember back in December when Louisville beat Western Kentucky? And they didn't miss a free throw? And they shot great from three-point land? And everybody was like, okay, Kenny's figured some things out here. That wasn't the case. They went They went the entire month of January without a win. The entire month of January. 
And I said, let's don't get excited here because you're not going to shoot this percentage very often. You're not. Louisville, on Saturday, was 26 of 28 from the free throw line. Ironically, L. Ellis was the only one that missed free throws. They were 26 of 28. On the other side of the ledger, Clemson missed 20 of their 24 three-pointers. And I was there. They were open three-pointers, a lot of open three-pointers. Clemson just missed shots. Louisville made every free throw. They out-rebounded Clemson by nine. Cards had seven more. Clemson only had five turnovers. And that backs up my statement that this Louisville team still doesn't play very good defense. They don't. Clemson just missed shots. Did I think Louisville was going to win this game? Yes, I did. I money-lined them. They were plus 400 on the money line. I didn't necessarily think they would win. I thought they had a chance to win. And I've said this for the last month and a half. These close calls are great. Everybody likes a close call. Oh, moral victory. When you got three three wins, there are no moral victories. There just aren't. You need a legitimate win, a W. You need to put a notch in that column. And they got it, and I was happy for them. And I was happy for Kenny Payne who in the post-game press conference was borderline giddy. Borderline giddy. Joking, having a good time, happy for his kids, happy for the university, as was I. They deserved a win. They deserved a win against Virginia on Wednesday. Couldn't quite finish the deal there. They uh, deserved some wins earlier in the year. Couldn't get it done. They deserved a win down at Miami when they played offensively so well but still couldn't stop Miami from scoring. And Brad Brownell, the uh, head coach of Clemson, said after the game, he wasn't, and he didn't seem angry, even though this is a quad four loss that may keep Clemson out of the tournament, he seemed like he saw it coming. He said, I've watched the last few games. They've gotten better. They looked good. They're playing a lot better. I warned my team. My team did not answer the bell here. Louisville is playing better basketball. And even on the defensive end, even though they still don't play good defense, at least the effort is there. And that wasn't the case early in the season. I don't know why. I don't know why he couldn't get through to the players. He probably doesn't completely understand it himself. I'm the same coach. Why are are these guys not doing what I'm telling them to do? But something has clicked over the last few weeks. Are they going to go into Duke and win tonight? No, probably not. I haven't even looked at the spread. But I will now because I'm an addicted gambler. Okay, I'm not addicted. Uh, Well, maybe I am. If I say I'm addicted, does that mean, Dave, does that mean uh, I've addressed the, I'm at least halfway there? Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, so I might as well say it. Yeah, I'm addicted. Duke is an 18-point favorite tonight. And I don't think Duke's very good. They're unranked. They did club Syracuse on the road Saturday by 22. 
I feel like this is a letdown game for Duke. Remember, I talk about letdowns all the time. Win a big home game, go on the road, and you're in trouble. Win a big home game, usually ranked teams is what I'm talking about. Beat a ranked team at when you're at home and you're unranked, and then you go on the road, that's a recipe for disaster. Now, Louisville didn't beat a ranked team in Clemson, but they did beat a team that was a double-digit favorite. They did beat a team that was on the bubble and maybe now off the bubble of going to the NCAA tournament. They did play well. The crowd was behind them. Great crowd. Best crowd of the year, bar none. And now you go on the road two days later to Cameron. I think 18's a lot of points to ask Duke to beat anybody by. But I do see a letdown coming for Louisville tonight. I do see a... We partied well into the night Saturday night, and then we had to get on a plane, I guess, this morning and head to Duke. You know, 36 hours later, we're on our way to to, uh, Raleigh-Durham Airport. Yikes. This is a recipe for disaster. Now, play like you played in the last two weeks, and you cover this spread. You cover. I don't think you're going to beat Duke. If you do, great. Great. Win of the year. Got a better chance at Georgia Tech. You had a better chance when you get home against for the home finale against Virginia Tech. Not so good a chance at Duke. Not so good of a chance on the uh, in the uh, season finale at Virginia. But play like you've played. Execute offensively like you have executed. Hope that the other team doesn't play their A game. And, you and you know, that's the recipe for the upset. That's the recipe. 7 o'clock ESPN tonight. I will be fully tuned in. Repeat after me, I hate Duke. We all hate Duke. They're like the Dallas Cowboys. You love them or you hate them. It's that simple. New York Yankees, love them, hate them. Duke Blue Devils, love them, hate them. Um, 83-73 was the final Saturday night, by the way. 2013 team, as I mentioned, was honored. That was a lot of fun at halftime. Uh, I really had hoped, and I said this Friday, wouldn't it be great if Rick Pitino showed up? Iona played on Friday. They played again on Sunday. I'm sure someone from Louisville with a private plane uh, would have offered to go pick, pick Rick Pitino up and take him back to New Rochelle, New York. Uh, for his game Sunday. I'm sure that would have happened. I don't know that he was invited. I'm going to guess he was not, but I don't know that. Maybe he was. He said when Tom Jurich got fired, he'll never set court in the arena again unless they uh, make up for what they did to Tom Jurich. Okay. This was about his team. This was not about a hooker scandal. This was not about illegal payments to a player. This was about the 2013 team winning a NCAA tournament championship game, although they're not allowed to be called NCAA tournament champions, over Michigan 10 years ago. That's what this night was about, and it was it was glorious. It was sad Russ Smith couldn't be there. Shane Bahannon, uh, I guess still not allowed to be at uh, Louisville activities. It's sad. Shane Bahannon had 15 and 12 in that game. He was a huge part of that team. So was Rick Pitino, by the way. 
and I thought it would have been great. What a surprise that would have been. Roll him out. Hey, here. by the way, here's in, in, somebody said, yeah, in his white suit. Remember the white suit? That would have been great. But it was not to be. Still a great night of celebration. LLS, 28 points. J.J. Trainer had a career-high 16. He had nine rebounds. It Watching him play for the last couple of weeks makes you wonder why he didn't play more last year. Now, again, guys got to play defense too. That's part of it. Mike James had 13, a couple of late buckets that were very big. Withers, eight points, nine rebounds. Brad, Brandon Huntley Hatfield back on the court, eight points and four rebounds. Card shot 51%. 26 of 28 from the line, uh, and out-rebounded Clemson. That's how you win games. And it was fun to watch. All right, NBA All-Star Game was last night. We'll talk about that. Kentucky with a much-needed win against Tennessee, and Indiana hangs on to beat Illinois. We'll talk about that and more. Listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big A. Eminem Cards Highline is open, 502-384-1450. If you'd like to discuss anything that happened this weekend in the world of sports, 502-384-1450. Thorne's text line is open as well. Get your text into the show at the, this following number. Easy for me to say. 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text machine. 414-1450. Rick Bozich, WDRB Fox 41, will join me tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk about... Uh, College basketball, the upcoming conference and NCAA tournaments. Does Kentucky get in? Where does Indiana get seated? We'll recap the uh, college basketball weekend as well. And baseball's almost here. He, I know Rick, big White Sox fan. He's excited. Uh, the system went one and one this weekend. Not a lot of uh, opportunities for victories. St. John's was the loser. They got they were getting seven from Creighton, lost by ten. The winner, Kentucky Wildcats, getting points from Tennessee. And Kentucky wins outright, sixty-six to fifty-four. Uh, slow start for both teams. Tennessee couldn't throw it in the ocean in the first half, but uh, Kentucky improves to nine and five in the conference. That ties Tennessee, and Kentucky wins the tiebreaker. So they're third in the conference right now behind Alabama, Texas A&M. Texas A&M, by the way, is 25th in the new AP poll, which just came out. Houston climbs to number one. I don't know that that's where you want to be. Number one has got a bigger target in a season that is full of parity. Alabama drops a spot to number two after their loss to Tennessee. Kansas is up to three. Impressive come-from-behind win over Baylor on Saturday. UCLA is four, Purdue five. Virginia, Arizona, Texas, Baylor, Marquette round out the top ten. Tennessee only drops one spot to 11. Gonzaga is up one spot to number 12. Then it's Miami, Kansas State, St. Mary's. Xavier is 16th. Indiana drops three spots to 17th in the country. UConn, Creighton, Providence, three Big East teams are next. 
Northwestern in at number 21. They won again this weekend. They're hot. San Diego State is 22nd. Iowa State, TCU, and finally Texas A&M into the poll at number 25. Let's go to the M&M Carnage Hotline. Bring in Pat. Pat, how are you today? Good, John. Uh, thanks. Uh, I, yep. I, I was listening to what you uh, said about uh, Louisville, and uh, I agree. I, I really think that uh, – I, I know you said that you thought uh, – there was a lot of points to give Duke tonight, but I, I just think Louisville's going to regress. I mean, like you watching that game, Louisville, I thought, played their best of the year, but Clemson did miss a lot of threes. A ton. I mean, open threes, a ton. And I, I just think that uh, I, if if I'm a bet man, I, I take Louisville. I mean, I take Duke and give the points. I thought, so. I, Pat, I thought it would be 12 or 13. I really did. And when I yeah. saw it was 18, I went, wow. Now, Vegas, yeah. that tells me Vegas wants you to bet Louisville because right. they right. think yeah. Duke's going to kill Louisville tonight. So I would say I'm, I'm laying mm-hmm. off of this one. I can't touch this one. If it okay. was 12 or 13, I'd bet Duke. But at 18, uh, I can't pull the trigger there. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is that since you mentioned baseball, baseball being my uh, favorite sport, yes, I'm excited sir. about the season, even though I am a Cincinnati Reds fan, <laughs> which is pretty pretty hopeless. But uh, uh, I just wanted to get your take on the three big rules changes. You know, you've got the uh, no shift. Yep. You've got uh, the they've made the bases bigger from 15 inches to 18 inches, and they've got the pitch timer yep. and the uh, batter timer. You know, they say they're going to enforce it. Like the pitcher can't, he can't throw more than twice over to first. That that if one, he, that one's tricky. You can throw but, a third time, but if you don't yes. pick the guy off, it's a balk. Right, right. So right. my question would be, so why would you throw that? a second time? Right, right. I, I agree. Yeah. Because yeah. if I'm it's, not, it's, if I'm going to throw this second time, I better pick him off, or I might right. as well just hand yeah. him second base. Right, right, yeah. And the base is bigger, four and a half inches now. So keep right. running. You're going to be if you're a runner, you're going to be four and a half inches closer. And it doesn't seem like much, but how many plays right. at second on stolen bases attempts are bang bang? Exactly, yeah. almost all yeah. of them, right? Right, right. Yeah. So look, they're doing this to put excitement back into the game. All of these rules. <laughs> Put excitement right. back into the yeah. game and speed pace of play. That is right. the big one. You've got to speed these games up. Three and a half hour. Look, Yankees, Red Sox are great, but when they go three and a half hours, I, look, that's too I know. long. I know. I, know. I, I know. went to some bats games last year, last couple years. Pitch clock, two and a half hours. Nine inning games. Yeah. Tidy, yeah. nine inning yeah. games. Yes. And yeah. that's what Major League Baseball is looking for, and that's why you're getting – the pitch clock, because, okay, get in the batter's box. All right, pitcher, get on the mound. Step off, okay, that's that's one. Can't do it again. Right. You do it again, do it again, then the runner's right. going to steal second. Let's get the pace of play up. Batter, eight seconds. you got to be in the box facing yeah. the pitcher when the, when the pitch clock gets to eight seconds, or it's a strike. Right. Now, yeah. it'll be very fun to watch in spring training. And yes, maybe yeah. the first couple weeks of the season. But these guys are pros. They'll adjust. The minor league players have adjusted. There's no yes. big deal. Uh, I saw a major leaguer last year. I don't. I have no recollection who it was. Got sent down for yeah. rehab. 
And his first at bat, he didn't step in on with a two strike count. The umpire called him out before he even stepped in. Strike three. He just looked at the umpire and said, "What? We got rules down here, son." And he walked to the dugout and said, "Okay, so they'll adjust. They'll figure it out. The pitchers will adjust. Every game is going to be like Mark Burley's pitching. Remember Mark Burley? Mark Burley was great. He was quick. Yeah, I love watching his games. Yes." Yes. Every game is going to be like Mark Burley's pitching. Get the ball, throw it. Get the ball, throw it. And as far as pace, uh, the shift goes, that's another get excitement back into the game. How many times do you see a line drive to right field from a left-handed hitter caught by the third baseman? Right. right. I mean, yeah. what were we doing? It's not yeah. going to take yeah. away the hit up the middle. Now, people think, you know, ground ball up the middle, it used to be an automatic base hit. But yeah, it's not yeah. anymore, and it won't still be because the shortstop's only going to be one step to the yeah, you third base side of right. second. So they'll still be right, able to right. get those, make those plays. If you if you insist on not hitting it the other way, you're still going to make outs that you probably wouldn't make if the defense was in the standard position that, that you see on a chart. Yeah, But yeah. The, the hit up the middle, I think it's not going to come back in a big way, but the left-handed batter hitting the, a sharp single to right field is going to be back now. And I, I think, yeah, you I, can't hit the stick. Do now. you think, Pat, these are all good changes? Because I do. I have mixed feelings. I mean, I, I, the, the, uh, the bases, that's fine. I mean, they say it's for safety. I mean, that's fine. I, I really don't have a problem. I love the pitch timer. I mean, John, I've watched some old games in the past. You can go to YouTube and watch them, and those games were fast. Yeah. I mean, the, I watched, like, uh, the Cardinals and the Tigers in the 1968 World Series. Bob Gibson was pitching. And those hitters stayed in the box on every Well, if pitch. you got I mean, out you know, and got back in, he was going to hit you in the head. Right. right. Bob Gibson doesn't play around, man. Good point. Good point. Good point. The shift thing, I have mixed feelings because I, I, I don't know if you should, be, you should make – Yeah, I think you should be able to play your fielders where you want to play. But then again, you know, well, here's another question. Okay, it's supposed to speed up play, yep. but is if, if this increases the offense, will that offset the, no. you know, if it increases, no. you the, don't think so? No, the okay. pitch clock is the big uh, pace changer. The pitch clock is yeah. every single pitch. you got 20 seconds, dude. Yeah. So right, that right. will yeah. that will overtake, even if you get a few more hits in a game, the pitch clock is going to speed it up so much that you, it, it, these games are going to be under three hours. They're probably going to be about two, anywhere from two and a half to two forty-five, and I think that's what Major League Baseball wants. Now the bases well, I, being I, bigger, yeah. I think it's going to look like old. You you know old man softball, old man softball. Yeah, oh yeah. Step, yeah. You know, <laughs> put the put the first right. baseman on one base, have catch the ball, and put another base next to it where the runner runs over, right. so, so us old men don't get hurt. You know. Right. That's right. That's so right. I think they're going to be well, they're going to be funny yeah, looking yeah. at first, but you know fans will adjust to that, and and I think the stolen yeah, base yeah. will be part of the game. Nobody's nobody's going to catch Ricky Henderson, but at least we'll somebody you know Trey Trey Turner is a guy that might still seventy five right. bases this year. Yeah, you know that would be exciting, but I, I I do like the pitch timer. There's no question. I mean, you know, just watching the game and and seeing the batters get out, and you know, like. People like Sean Casey, which I love Sean Casey, but it took Sean Casey for he 
he'd do his uh, batting uh, gloves and it'd take him forever to get back in the box. Nomar Garcia Parra so, used to wear me out. Nomar. Oh, <laughs> right. gosh. Yeah. He's right, got, and right, they got yeah. so used to being able to take as long as they wanted, and, and you had to feel perfect when you got in the box yeah. or you'd step out. I'm not yeah. ready. Uh, like Crash Davis would step out thinking about what the pitcher yeah. was thinking, you know. <laughs> that's right. That's I, I, right. You get so tired of that. I, I think it's great. I think it's, I'm gonna talk. Yeah, to, we'll talk I to do, Rick yeah. Bozich more about it tomorrow. He's a huge baseball fan, but uh, yeah. I like all the rule changes. I look, give him a shot. I, I still like the the yeah. runner being on second uh, to begin extra innings. You know, I didn't like it at first, but I've gotten used to it. That's fine. You know, that's it's fine. the same advantage for both teams. Yeah. So yeah. right, right. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. no advantage here to be had. Let's just speed the game yeah. up a little bit. That's all. Yeah. Thank you, Pat. Yeah. Okay, thank you. By the way, I'm, my favorite American League team is also the White Sox, so go Sox. Boy, lost Jose Abreu. That's going to be a long year <laughs> yeah, in, your, in your baseball watching, I think. Yeah, I know. Oh, well. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, a Cubs fan. What the hell can maybe, I say? Well, heck, you. they went out and got some players. Cody Bellinger can't hit me. But Dansby Swanson I is like good. Dansby Swanson. I, I yes. like uh, Eric Hosmer. I do. <laughs> Absolutely. I like yeah. a couple guys like okay. that. So they're gonna Thanks, they're gonna finish third in the uh in the central. Thank you, Pat. Appreciate it as always. <sighs> I, I was gonna talk basketball today. I'm passionate about baseball. And I'm passionate about these rule changes. I like them all. I like them all. Now maybe talk to me in June and all of a sudden one of them I hate. It won't be the pitch clock. I love the pitch clock. Stole, more stolen bases. Give it to me. Line drives to right, falling for base hits instead of being caught by third baseman. I want that. Guy on second, which we've had for a couple of years now, guy on second to start extra innings. Good. Let's get these games over with. I love it. All right, I was talking about the Cats, 66-54 over Tennessee. They are 18-9 and overall now and a uh, very nice little 9-5 and in conference. Here's what I love. Indiana is 17 and 9. And look, I know it's been a while. Okay, if you're a Hoosier fan, I know it's been a while. You're, you know, just happy to be up near the top uh, in the in the top half of the standings. I get that. But they're 17 and 9. They're as happy as larks. You're, you know, you probably going to be a 3 or 4 seed in the tournament, maybe 5, but I I would say 4. If you don't screw it up here, and uh, Kentucky fans are irate, and they're eighteen, they're uh, eighteen and nine. They're irate. Now it's a different level of competition. Indiana's beaten some good teams, including Xavier on the road in non-conference. Kentucky, look, as of Wednesday, Kentucky had one quad one win. Now they've got four. All of a sudden, they've got four because the Texas A&M win. Uh, is now a quad one win because Texas A&M has won some games and gotten themselves uh, into the top 25. So that's a quad one win. The Mississippi State win on Wednesday night, road victory, quad one win against a top 75 opponent on the road. And Tennessee, obviously, two quad one wins. So you went from one to four in a quick span. But Kentucky fans, they're never happy. They're never happy. First sweep of Tennessee since uh, regular season sweep 
since 2011-2012. I think we all know what happened that year. Kentucky led 39-19 at halftime. Now, Indiana, or Tennessee, excuse me, scored the first seven points of the second half. And all of a sudden, the angst was there again in Big Blue Nation. But they were able to just hang on, stay the course, get it done. Cason Wallace, 16 points, six rebounds, six assists. Sheepway had 16 and seven. Chris Livingston is getting valuable playing time right now. Whenever you have injuries, and Wheeler didn't play, Frederick still didn't play, somebody's got to step it up. Adu Thierro has gotten some time at the point guard spot, off guard spot. But Chris Livingston, who had a double-double Saturday, 12 points, 10 rebounds, has been the beneficiary of more playing time because of the injuries. And it has been a good thing for Kentucky because he has been that guy the last few games. He's been a dude that you can count on. He was invisible at the end of close games earlier in the year. Now he's one of the guys that you think maybe we can count on this guy. And it's just going to be better when Wheeler and Frederick come back. Because now his confidence level is there. His game is there. He's where you expected him to be when you got him on signing day. Toppin had 11-5. and five. Kentucky shot 44%, but they held Tennessee to 37%. Tennessee has really struggled offensively in the last month or so. Really bad. Um, Tennessee was 4 of 14 at the free throw line. That'll help you lose. Kentucky out rebounded the balls by eight. Uh, turnovers were fairly even. Now you got uh, you go to Florida Wednesday seven o'clock. Florida lost uh, this weekend again. They're without Colin Castleton. That's a huge loss. If you're going to play Florida, this is perfect. If you're Kentucky with Castleton out of the lineup, you should dominate that game on the inside. Seven o'clock Wednesday, ESPN. We'll take a break. Break down the Indiana win over Illinois on Saturday. Talk a little NBA. The All-Star weekend was this weekend. Did you even know that? We'll talk about that more. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Act. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment of the day. Rick Bozich will join me tomorrow. We'll talk college basketball and uh, preseason baseball. We won't talk preseason baseball. We'll talk about baseball here before the season starts. That's what I meant to say. Tony Burke joins me in studio on Wednesday for the John and Tony Dog and Pony Show. Big week coming up. Uh, I checked. I was right. Alabama is 13-1 and in the SEC. Texas A&M is 12-2. By the way, they play in College Station last game of the regular season. Only meeting this year between Alabama and Texas A&M. A&M, theoretically, could steal the conference title away from Alabama in that final regular season home game. And it's a home game for Texas A&M. Tennessee and Kentucky are both 9-5. and five. Kentucky holds the tiebreaker there. So if the season ended today, and I know it doesn't, Kentucky would be the three-seed in the SEC tournament. Auburn and Vanderbilt are 8-6. and six. Vandy beat Auburn this weekend, by the way. Uh, then you got Missouri, Arkansas, Florida, all at 7-7. Seven seven. Three games left. I'm sorry, four games left for each team. Um, so it's, you know, going to get crazy. I love it. Let's get, let's get nuts. 
Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. 384-1450, Thornton's text line open. Get your last-minute text into the show at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450 for your uh, last-minute text into the show. Um, Watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood this morning. Seen it many times. What a great Tarantino movie. People love Pulp Fiction, and I like Pulp Fiction a lot. But for my money, give me Reservoir Dogs uh, and give me Inglorious Bastards, which I think is fantastic, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'll take all three of those ahead of Pulp Fiction. I know that might be sacrilegious, but uh, that's my Tarantino Opinion. Uh, and I did finish Full Swing, by the way. We'll talk about it with Tony on Wednesday, and uh, Scooter will get involved in this. That was his homework. Uh, Full Swing on Netflix, the eight-episode series about uh, the PGA Tour last year. It was fabulous. It's great. If you like HBO Hard Knocks or any of those behind-the-scenes documentary, I think Formula One has one. Tennis uh, has one on Netflix as well. You like those, you're going to love this. It's fantastic. But uh, we'll talk, we'll dive deep into it on Wednesday because I'm, I give you a week. It came out last Wednesday on Netflix. You got a week to watch all eight episodes. I know I'm retired, so I have an advantage. But I finished them up uh, Sunday Sunday morning uh, before I went watch Bellarmine play. It was, it was great. And we'll talk more about it on Wednesday. Uh, some news and notes from the NBA. The All-Star Weekend was this week. Mac McClung won the dunk contest. They brought him up from the G League to compete in the dunk contest. I didn't watch it live. I was at the uh, Louisville game, but must have been great. I saw the dunks on on the uh, on the videos. He's unbelievable. Mac McClung played at Georgetown and Texas Tech, and now he's in the G League. We know why he may not be good enough to be in the NBA as a player, but he he. Good enough to be in the NBA All-Star Dunk Contest because he won it. Damian Lillard was the winner of the three-point contest. And then Team Giannis beat Team LeBron last night, 184 to 175. I, I can't do it. I love the NBA. I love watching regular season games. I really, really love watching playoff games in the NBA. But I can't watch the All-Star game. I, I watched six and a half minutes of the first quarter. I was done. I couldn't do it. There is, there's not even Matador defense. They don't even act like they're going to play defense. LeBron blocked a shot last night of Shea Gilgis Alexander into the post game. Shea called him out on it. SGA said, "What's he doing? He hadn't played defense the whole night, and he decides to block my layup. Come on, I'll get him back." A little animosity there. Jason Tatum, fifty-five, uh, Celtic Jason Tatum for Team Giannis. Donovan Mitchell added 40. And for Team LeBron, Jalen Brown, the other Celtic, had 35. Kyrie Irving and Joel Embiid, 32 apiece. That's the first time since they've done used this format where they draft players uh, that Team LeBron has lost. Team LeBron was 5-0 and until last night. Giannis only played one play, opening tip. They got it, gave it to him. He dunked it. He immediately fouled, took himself out of the game. He is having his right wrist reevaluated for possible surgery today. 
Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, former MVP and maybe current MVP. Um, this is uh, this is big, big medical news. Uh, keep an eye on this for Giannis because without him, the Bucks are a middle of the pack Eastern Conference team. Texter says, Django and Glorious Bastards, Modern Romance, Jackie Brown, then Once Upon a Time. Well, I'm fine with that. I didn't hear Pulp Fiction on there. Everybody loves Pulp Fiction, and I like Pulp Fiction. Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis. But give me those other ones first. Reservoir Dogs. And Glorious Bastards is probably my favorite. Probably my favorite. I've got a big, I'm a big fan of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Brad Pitt. Leo DiCaprio, Margot Robbie is spectacular. Timothy Oliphant is great. Um, Al Pacino with a nice little little small role. I can watch it, and it's three hours long, 240, two hours, 40 minutes long. So uh, give yourself some time. I forgot about Django Unchained. Django's great. Jamie Foxx, another Leo flick. Fantastic. Uh, the other NBA news, Russell Westbrook apparently going to sign with the Crosstown Los Angeles Clippers. That could make, well, first of all, he doesn't have to change residences because he's still in L.A. After the uh, Lakers traded him to Utah, he's going to get bought out by Utah. And then uh, he can sign anywhere he wants. It looks like the Clippers won him in the fold with Paul George and, and uh, Kawhi Leonard. So we'll see how that works out. All right, Indiana beats Illinois 71-68. to The Hoosiers are 19-8. I think I said they were 17-9 earlier. That's an E-me. They're 19-8, and 10-6 uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, they, they kind of escaped here. Now, I struggled because I had a three-team parlay this weekend. Louisville money line, Kentucky money line, and Indiana minus five and a half. I really wanted that last three by Illinois to go in, and then Indiana win by six in overtime. That's what I wanted. But you know what? As uh, Mick Jagger once said, you can't always get what you want. And uh, Indiana with a win, and as I say all the time, they don't take pictures of them. A win is a win. Uh, the Hoosiers are now alone in third place in the in the Big Ten. Purdue is thirteen and four. Northwestern eleven and five. Another win this weekend. They beat Iowa yesterday at home. They are maybe the hottest team. Uh, well, they are the hottest team in the Big Ten. They won five straight. Um, four and one against top 25 teams. And now they are a top 25 team. So that, and we've seen this. That changes things. You jump into that top 25. Yes, you're Northwestern. You're going to the tournament. I get all that. Now you're in the top 25. Now, Everybody's not your prey. You're somebody else's prey. You're the hunted, not the hunter all of a sudden. But they're 20 and 7 overall, 11 and 5 in the Big 10. Indiana's in third at 10 and 6, but right behind them Maryland, Iowa, Rutgers, Michigan, all 9 and 7, Illinois and Michigan State 8 and 7. So, you're only a game up on, with four to play here. Four to play. And you still got to go to West Lafayette. So if you're Indiana, I mean, I think it's 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 fairly simple here. You win your two home games, which are the final two of the season, Iowa and Michigan. 
and you somehow this Tuesday pull out a win in East Lansing against Michigan State. At that point, it doesn't matter what you do to, against Purdue. I know it matters from a rivalry standpoint. I get that. But in the big picture, it doesn't matter what you do against Purdue if you win those other three games. You would finish 22-9. and nine. You would probably finish third place in the Big Ten by yourself. At worst case, you'd probably be tied. You would be tied at worst case if you go 3-1 and one for third in the Big Ten. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis passed his coach, Mike Woodson, on the all-time scoring list, and he did reveal to, uh, I'm not sure if it was Jeff Goodman, he revealed to a, a sports writer after the game, he is definitely leaving Indiana after this season. Scooter and I had speculated what this team could be like next year if he came back, and if Hood Shafino came back, and how big of a favorite they would be to win the Big Ten, and... and uh, you know, where where they would be nationally, but not going to happen. Trace Jackson Davis told a reporter yesterday or Saturday after the game he is definitely leaving IU at the end of the season. Uh, 26 points and 12 rebounds, just, you know, that's pretty much what we expect out of him every time out now. Uh, Jalen Hood, Shafino had 13 and 7. Miller Cop, big 12 points, four out of five threes. There are going to be games where when he contributes – I, f- I feel like they are really hard to beat because you know what you're getting out of those first two guys. If Miller Cop hits four threes in a game, I I don't you know I don't care what everybody else does. I really don't. If TJD and Hood Shafino do their thing and Cop gets four threes, you're going to win almost every time out. Uh, Race Thompson ten point six rebounds. Indiana shot forty four percent. The important number they had Illinois under forty percent for the game. 41-37 was the Indiana rebounding advantage. The uh, turnovers were even. Now it's the big one. Really, this is the biggest of the remaining games, in my opinion. At Michigan State, Tuesday, 9 o'clock, ESPN, and right here on Big X. Um, again, another late-night game on the road in the Big Ten. Not going to be easy if I had, a, had to guess. Michigan State, by the way, went to Michigan uh, emotional after the shootings at Michigan State uh, a, a week and a half ago. This was an emotional game. Michigan colored the, you know, they did some, uh, I don't want to say hieroglyphics, but <laughs> I don't know what the word is. They uh, they had the court colored green. Uh, it, was, it was emotional because Michigan sort of showed Michigan State the love. This is an intense rivalry, but some things are bigger than the rivalry on the field and on the court. And uh, Michigan State came out. Obviously inspired, obviously emotional, took the lead, had the lead at halftime, but Michigan ended up pulling away at the end and and sort of a uh, a nice double-digit win for the Wolverines over Michigan State. Uh, you wonder about the state of mind of the team, the university, the coach, Tom Izzo, who gave a great speech uh, on campus uh, early last week. But uh, if you're Indiana – you got to put all that aside. You kind of not worry about that. This is going to be an emotional home home game for Michigan State because they're at home here. It's going to be emotional tomorrow night. Indiana's got to take themselves away from that. You got to get in a bubble and you got to come out. You got to play your best game. I think Michigan State's going to be a three or four point favorite in this game tomorrow night. But Indiana, Trace Jackson Davis is going to do what he does. Everybody else has to help out. It's really that simple. 
Everybody's got to help out. All right, one top 25 game tonight, tonight, Kansas and TCU. Kansas is up to third in the poll. TCU dropped to 24th. However, TCU is a two-point favorite. What's that tell you? I know what it tells you. Tell yourself what it tells you, and I'll tell you what it tells you tomorrow. Louisville and Duke at 7 tonight. That's the precursor on ESPN. See you tomorrow. Rick Bozich joins me. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. WXVW, Jeffersonville.